Yeah. Just give, just give them a hand, y'all. They've worked so hard on that. Dana and the crew. Thank y'all so much. Is there a, is there one of those stand that it's got the is that one back there behind Grant? Behind Grant. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, they work. I, I'd be in there working on sun, when, you know, getting ready for things in uh in the, in the counseling room, and uh, I'd hear them out here singing, and man, it was awesome. You even got O'Reilly singing. That was cool. Hey, Jeff or Josh, would, would y'all mind killing those lights? Well, Merry Christmas, y'all. Are y'all? Yeah, y'all. Ron Bernard was here. He could tell us exactly how many days it is. And What is it? One, two, three, five. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kids. Anyone who has kids knows that. Oh, man, it's awesome. If anybody needs a handout, if you would, raise your hand up. Swifty uh, is in the back. Uh. We're just reminding you as you get those handouts that uh, there is dinner tonight at 5. And so we just encourage you. Maybe you said, well, I, I didn't get a chance to stand up, sign up. I would encourage you to come. And I just want to say a big thanks. Uh, last week, I think we were at, Tina maybe told me 11 or 12 table hosts. And when I came in this morning, there's 20. So good hand to each of you. Yeah. We're, we're going to be together on Christmas Eve. And the time's on the door. I think it's 6 o'clock. Yeah, 6. Christmas Eve. Not a.m., p.m. P.m. for me and you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Bring food if you're coming. <laughs> to share. To share. Share, yeah. Uh, can we pray a second? Can we just pray? Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we just want to quiet our hearts and minds into the place that, Lord, the reality of your word. It says, be still and, and know that I am God. So, Lord, I just ask that uh, just the realities of, of you as we were praying this morning, Lord, the realities of you be birthed, Lord. Oh, God, let it be. Let it be. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, okay, okay. Well, you see the title and the word that's there? It will be there. The ultimate gift. You see in the top of your notes. The abundance, the abundance, the double portion of God's grace. Now, y'all are, I have an opportunity to take a journey with me. I, I've 
preached three times in the last, probably last five or six weeks. Um, I preached back about the path, overcoming the paths of regret. And then the last time I preached, I guess it was two weeks ago, the Lord gave me a word about defeating the dog of bitterness with the goodness of God. He's talking about overcoming bitterness. Well, how do you deal with regret? How do you overcome regret? How do you overcome bitterness? And we talked about it last week, and the big thing was about uh, focusing on the goodness of God. You know, turn light on of our faith. Well, y'all, God's been doing something in my life, and, uh, and y'all are going to have to participate in it because um, if you come this morning. Every, every meeting I've been in since about a week and a half ago when God spoke some things to my heart, I just kind of, I can't shut up about this particular subject. It's called double portion. It'll mess you up. I'm serious. You know, and so I just want to share it with you. And it's so awesome. It's about Christmas, the ultimate gift, Jesus. Now, think about this. When you have Christmas, you know, it can either be a couple of different things for you. One is it's that one time of year where people are nice and give, you know, or it can be something else, or Christmas can be that time for you to recalibrate your life so that the rest of the year flows out of the revelation that you get about Christmas. I pray that's the case today. I I pray that there's revelation about who God is and his abundance of his heart and his character toward us. Particularly in one area, and that's what it's about today, is about redeeming our screw-ups. I'm going to tell you, y'all, I could not get out of bed in the morning if it was not for the reality of what I'm sharing with you today. I have had, I doubt that there's anybody in this room in here has had as many screw-ups in life as I have. And I mean... And I'm serious. I mean, look at it. Will, I'm telling you, brother, I know what yours are, and I still, still think I got you beat, bro. <laughs> Maybe you look a little different at times, but I'm going to tell you, bro. But, but I, you know, because God is so awesome in relationship to his goodness and his power to overcome our screw-ups. And that's where we're talking about, the double portion of God's grace. When we mess up. I mean, I've messed up in ways that have hurt hundreds of people. I mean, hundreds. And and had effects. Some of you in this room have had to deal with my messes and and, uh, mess-ups. You know, it's the grace of God. Simonis is still sitting there. You know, next to my wife, he's got every right to go, man, I don't want to know that guy, Sizemore. You know, and so, and the only reason why I can stand here with all confidence is in the confidence of the mercy and grace of God. And particularly, the thing that God was speaking to me this week is about double portion. But you're going to hear this in a way that, be honest with you, it ain't going to stop there. And when I say double portion, what do you mean? Well, you're going to have to listen and see. Well, so let's just think about this. What happens when I mess up? I screw up as a believer. Okay, I mess up. Like, like for me, when I left a 
a campus ministry in the midst of revival, 250, 250 students, or, or a, a church that's in the midst of revival, and I left right in the middle of, of it and hurt a lot of people and let a lot of people down. Exposed this church to uh, craziness and goofiness. How do I deal with that? Well, there's, there's a number of levels that you need to understand because I think you, many of you, are the same as me. Like Will and I. There's some of us in this room that need to know about the mercy and grace of God. Don't hear this as what I'm saying is just something intellectual. Let me tell you something. Open your hearts. Open your hearts. Now, when we do mess up, There's a gift that God has given us, his son Jesus, which Christmas is all about. And that's what I'm asking for revelation this morning, that what Christmas really means is the redemption of mankind. It's God's gift to us to say, listen, you guys, I know you can't get it right, but let me make it right. Let me get it right and make it right. And you just go along for the ride. Just like this, you know, Do you believe you can fly? Do you believe you can fly? Yeah, how can you fly? How can you fly, Marcy? In an airplane. I'm flying when I get in an airplane and fly at 35,000 feet. I'm flying, am I not? Yeah. All the characteristics of that airplane becomes mine. The cool thing is, in Christ Jesus, guess what? All the characteristics of who he is becomes mine. And that's what I like. So in my screw-ups and what I want to do and what Satan wants to do and what the world wants to do is to evaluate my life in relationship to my screw-ups. Yeah, I know Sizemore. Yeah, he's the one that can't be trusted. He's the one that's got ADD and he'll ADD in a heartbeat. You know, y'all remember the story. Did I tell you about the time that, uh, that in the fifth grade, Shay was in the fifth grade? Did I ever tell you about that? Many of y'all heard this, but when Shay was in the fifth grade, the teacher came to us and said, y'all need to get your son tested for ADHD. And so we said, okay. Well, we took him to, found a psychologist and carried him to a psychologist. Well, when you take him to a psychologist, they test everybody. And so... So, so we went go into this, this consultation with this psychologist after the test. Jay was, he was a wreck after this thing. And uh, so we're sitting there, and the psychologist looks at Paul and I and says, well, Mr. and Ms. Sizemore, we're convinced that your son, Shay, is not ADHD. But Mr. Sizemore, we are convinced that you are. <laughs> and you'd be surprised what a little Rillin would do for you. And Paul is over on the side going, hallelujah, oh, that makes sense. Now I know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> I never took Ritalin, so you know. Say, and in my ADDness, I cause issues and other things. But anyway, in that place, when I blow it, when you blow it, notice some things here. And this is where Christmas is all about. And one of the names in relationship, go to, the, go to the next slide. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, where, where the angel speaks to Mary, says, And you sh- will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why Jesus? 
for he will save his people from their sins. Save his people from their sins. Well, what does that mean? Many times we just think it's just when we screw up. Sin has much more effects in our lives than just, making, just us messing up. So when I mess up, what will happen is not only does it create a legal right in my life that Satan can accuse me before God. You know, like Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, uh, Matt, Revelations chapter 12, where Satan accuses us before God day and night in this place. And, and not only that, but it has enough sin can have an effect in my life to carry me into situations. And then not only that, but guess what? Sin can have consequences because he gets you into the action and the actions have results. You know? I mean, we're... Where I walked away from 250 college students in the middle of a ministry. Okay, 250 students, okay? Okay, I can get forgiven for that, but guess what? Leaving 250 people in the midst of a point of time of vulnerability, that has effects. That has an effect. That has a consequence. You know, many of the guys in the Regen program, they could tell you, you know what it's like to give your life to, to a substance and watch the disappointment that occurs in a family when the substance becomes the God and rather than God and the effects of a sin destroys a family. Right, Will? Those are consequences. Those are effects of sin. And this passage says Jesus came to save his people from his sins. What does that all mean? Well, God's response, y'all, to these things is mercy and grace. What does that mean? Besides some religious terms, what do they mean? Well, first off is, let's look. Go to the next slide. Um, this is in 2.4. 2.1 says that when we were dead in our trespass of sins, we were dead in our sins. 2.3 goes on to say that... Uh, you know, we lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the lust of our flesh and mind. And then it goes on to say, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. Screwed up. But God's response, verse 4. I love that. Can you ask? But God. Can we say that every situation and circumstance in our life that's bad, can we say, but God? I just want to go, oh, Rick, you can't pay the bills, but God. You're screwed up, Rick, but God. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he's loved us. When I mess up, I need the mercy of God. Mercy deals with forgiveness. Go to the next slide, please. In Romans chapter, you see this in Romans chapter 11. Well, it's not there. I'm sorry, but it talks about God has shut up all in disobedience so that he may give mercy to all. So when you mess up, God gives mercy. When to deal with the forgiveness issues, you need mercy. But where's the grace come in? What's the purpose of the grace? Grace is a reservoir of heaven. It's like you see in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Be strong in the grace which is in Christ Jesus. All the bank account of heaven is in Christ Jesus or called the grace of God. It's a bank account of heaven that you and I can access in whatever situation that we're in. And we've been given an ATM card with a PIN number, PIN letter, name, Jesus. 
And, uh, and so what is this? What's this grace for in relationship to our sin? Okay, I could go on and preach about grace, multifacets of grace, but I'm talking about sin right now, our screw-ups, our mess-ups. Well, first thing is, here in Romans 5, 17, why do I have that there? Oh, it's just grace. Yeah, that's right. For, now watch this. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. You talk about a consequence of sin. How about poor Adam, man, and Eve? That's a consequence. All of creation gets put under the effects of sin because of you. Man, that, that's hardcore to think about. How would you like to bear that guilt? And they keep writing about it. He says, for the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one. And much more, those who received the abundance of his grace, received the abundance of his grace, will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. There's mercy and grace, mercy and grace. And so let's go on to the next slide. And this is where I think it comes in, what I was just telling to you a while ago. I got ahead of myself. Um, okay, I got the PowerPoint out of, out of order here, so we'll just go this way. So mercy deals with forgiveness, okay? Well, what about the grace? What's the grace for? First facet, the grace is important is, is that like the power to overcome sin, a particular area, like an addiction in your life. You, you know, many of you guys in here, many ladies in this room, know what it's like to have a particular addiction. Can't how many times like I run across people, man, man, pornography's just kicking my butt. Or lust is picking my butt, or this substance is kicking my butt, or whatever is kicking my, your butt. You can't give victory over it. That's where grace comes in. For sin shall not have dominion over you because you're not under law, but under grace. It's that grace of God being released into your life that gives you the power to walk in victory. I was a guy who used to be addicted to pornography. You see, a major issue in my life, but it's been dead for 37 years, 38 years. It's a dead issue for me. I was a guy that had to drink all the time. I wasn't, I don't know, I was, I was just a dumb country drunk. I mean, it was just, you know. But it was just a major issue every weekend. I remember going, Lord, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd get drunk Friday and Saturday. I'd draw through the week too. And, uh, and I'd come to church on Sunday morning. Lord, I rededicate my life to you. No more, no more. By Thursday, I'm drunk for the rest of the weekend. And you know what grace and mercy is? That he hides your future spouse in a place till you get your act together. She would have never had anything to do with me if she saw me <laughs> in those times. I mean, but it was just stupidness on my part. But I did not have the power. I, I, you heard me say this before. I rededicated my life so many times that my dedicator was wore out. You heard me say that. That's why I hate dedication and recommitments, because it's fruitless. Because it's the grace of God that gives you the victory to overcome the sin in your life. Okay, so we're, that's one facet we could talk about grace to God, the grace to be released into your life to give you victory over the area of sin in your life. But this is the one that God's talking to me about, the effects of the consequences of sin. Let's go to the next slide, please. In Romans chapter 5, verse 20. For the law came in so that the transgression would increase. Where sin increased, grace abounds all the more. Now, you've heard me say this sometime, and you know this is one of my all-time favorite passage scriptures. That God's ability to redeem far exceeds my ability to screw it up. You've heard me say it many times before. 
where the effects of sin come in, grace abounds all the more. I've spoken this for years, and, and God's just till recently, he's saying, Rick, you need greater revelation of this. Because, I, you, know, I, you know, there's those hints of regrets in the back of my mind. I just got back from Okeechobee last, um, when did I get back? Five o'clock Saturday morning. Um, drove down Wednesday night and drove back Friday night. Friday night. Yeah, and Saturday gets back. And it's hard for me to be around Okeechobee that you don't walk around and you see you know, a hometown. And hard to see where the people and the places and the things where the Rick Sizemore in the flesh existed. You know, it's hard to see those things. But praise God for his grace that says, ah, I'll overcome that effect. You know, you remember when in the Old Testament law where it says here, the law came in so that transgression increased. You remember in the law when David sinned with Bathsheba. You remember Nathan came to him and it said, David repented. And Nathan says, your sins are forgiven. But the baby will die. See, that's where there's forgiveness. But there's a consequence. Many people throw around what you sow, you'll reap. But they don't understand totally what they're saying. There is a consequence for sin. There is a consequence for sin, y'all. I don't care how you shape it. I have walked in ministry for 30-something years. 30, how many years now? 37, 30, 37 years, wow. And I have prayed through and with people and seen people with the devastating effects of the consequences of sin. It's real. It's real. The wages of sin is death. But praise God, God says... Where sin is, grace abounds all the more. It's like a Christmas gift, though, y'all. It's got to be unwrapped. In fact, I want you to know this past scripture. Look at this past scripture we looked at earlier in Romans chapter 5, verse 17. Notice this very carefully. For if by the transgression of the one, death reigned through the one, much more those who, what? Uh, can everybody say that, please? Receives what? Abundance of grace. Receive. Yeah, let me tell you about that, that verb there. It's a, well, it's a participle. It's really a, a verb noun. But it's present tense. What we want to do is the quick fix. And we go, okay, I got the fix, and now it's where I, get I got the immunization, and that's it. Let me tell you something to overcome the effects of sin in your life. It'll be the hardest thing in your life because you know what it is? It's got to do with, it's got to do with grace. You can't make it right. You know, certain religions will say you need to do penance. You need to make it right. Well, there, there's, some, there's some right in that. Like if I steal some money from somebody that I'll make it right. But how do you make it right? When you screw up in a campus ministry and you hurt 250 students, you know what it feels like? You know what it feels like? It feels like taking a feather pillow and cutting it and go poof on a windy day. And all of a sudden, all these feathers go all over the place. And y'all, I know what it's like to go, okay, if I can go catch up, if I can go collect all the feathers, maybe then the things that I've done wrong, I can make up for. Well, y'all, you can't, you can't chase feathers enough. 
You can't chase them enough. How do I know? I've tried. I've tried. But the only way that I can walk in the fullness of this, y'all, is to receive it by faith. Notice the next slide in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. It doesn't say it, I'm sorry. Romans 5, 2 says, where we have our, our, let me make sure I read it exactly. Pardon me. That's, it's 5, 2. Sorry. Listen to this. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace. Man, you know what? You've heard me say this before, but make sure you hear it and hear it very clearly. Because I guarantee this, many of us in this room need the grace of God in our lives to overcome the effects of sin in your life. But God says that faith, grace, has released into your life and my life through faith. I just read to you Romans 5, 2. For by grace are you what? Saved what? Through faith. Is in the reservoir of heaven all the resources for a person to get saved? Is it? Yes. Is it God's will for all persons to be saved? Yes. Why is not everybody saved? Because they have not done what, Marcy? Received the grace. And why is it, why is it that, that I can sit with somebody that may be addicted to, to homosexuality, have an addiction to homosexuality, and they're, they're stuck in this rut, and they go, why is it they, the, the grace is there to get victory in that life? In their life. But why is it they're, they're shut down in this area and this addiction keeps holding them on? Why is it? You know what the major reason? One of the major reasons is because of, of their faith being shut down and them not receiving by faith what God is saying about them and the redemption he has in them. One of the reasons. Well, I guarantee all of the reasons come down to shutting down their faith and love. I guarantee that. Interesting thing, I was going, I was, just say something real quick. I, I received a text message this morning from a lady that I prayed with this week who'd been wrestling with migraine headaches for 20 years. She said, I've had one day where I have not had a headache. And it was like celebration day. It stuck out in my life. One day that she hadn't had a headache. We met earlier in this week. And God revealed some of the strongholds that were affecting her life. This is the text today. Day four. No headache. Ain't that good? Day four. She hadn't had two days in 20 years. Can we say grace? Some things got loosened off her faith and her heart in relationship to her heart and to be able to embrace and receive by faith the promises and the provisions of God. And grace was released into her life. We have to receive this gift of grace by faith. What do I mean? What do I mean? What do I mean? What am I saying? Receive it by faith. 
And I'm going to ask that question, what does it mean to receive it by faith? What does it mean to receive it by faith? Think about how crucial it is to receive by faith, like Mark 11, 22 and 23. says, uh, he says, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, you know, you say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast it. See, do not doubt, but believe what you have asked. Oh, let me, I'm blotching it. Mark eleven twenty four. I should have put this in there. Sorry. This will mess you up, this past scripture. Because I believe the word of God is true, y'all. Y'all believe it's true? Listen to this. It says, truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain, be take up, cast in the sea, does not doubt in heart, but believes what he says is going to happen to him. Therefore I say to you, all things which you pray, ask, and believe that you have received them. Believe that you have what? Believe that you have received. Y'all, this is not the power of positive thinking. What it is is you're accessing, I'm accessing the grace of God into a particular area of my life. I'm focusing now on areas in my life to where I'm sin. There's a whole bunch of other issues, but I'm focusing on places in life where I've made mistakes or people have wronged me. I know what it's like, y'all, for people to wrong me in a way that where you lose a lot. Some of you in here in this room know what it's like to be abused where you lost a lot in various ways. Maybe rape or sexual abuse, whatever. But God's grace will, will touch those areas. And this is what God spoke to me this last, about a week and a half ago. This is under the law. And this is his heart. I want, you, I want to notice this past scripture. Go to the next one. Now watch this. In Isaiah 61, 7. Instead of your shame, you will have a what? Double Woo! Oh, man! That missed me. Sorry. Instead of humiliation, you will what? Shout for joy over their what? Portion. What portion? Therefore, they will possess a what? Oh! <laughs> Love. Everlasting joy will be. Why is everlasting joy? Because you got a what? Double portion. Woohoo! Man, sorry. Now you know what I've been going through all week. Smotus has been going through. Here he goes again. Ah. Go on, the next one. Look at this one. It says, speak kindly to Jerusalem. Call out to her that her warfare is ended. Warfare ended. And, and guess what? That her iniquity has been removed. That she received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Whoa, how about that? It's, oh, you're going to get what you asked for? Yeah, sow it and reap it. Well, guess what? God says, I'll give you double for it. For your screw up. Let's go on. Next slide. Zechariah 9.12. Return to the stronghold, O prisoners who have the hope. This very day, I am declaring that I will restore double to you. Now, there's two ways you can look at this about return to the stronghold. Well, sometime in Scripture, the Lord is the stronghold. And he's the hiding place for us. But I'll be honest with you. I think this is referring to the strongholds in our life that we have gotten victory over and God's saying, go back to them. Go back to them and there I will pronounce over you what? 
double portion. In other words, that point of failure in your life is not going to be marked with a big X. Oh, you'll have to drag that around your life. Next, you know what that, that point of failure in your life is going to be marked with? Double portion. Not only were you screwed up, and, you know, where you maybe like for me, we're in a business investment. I lose this large chunk of money and have to cause so much that I force my family, I have to sell my home to pay for this debt. Well, you know what? God's saying double portion for that. I want the shame or the humiliation of having to do that to your family. You know, or a prisoner who's set, who's in bondage. God says double portion. How about this one, Job? How about Job? You know, we could, we could talk a long time about Job and reasons what's going on in his life, but I do know this. Look this. The Lord restored the fortunes of Job. Now, fortunes are not just resources. If you'll notice that you read that Job 42, it's talking about family also. But the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. Double portion. And I'm going, Lord, okay, this is really cool. Oh, yes, I like double portion. And God said, well, Rick, don't get too excited here. And I'm going, and one of the questions I ask is, Lord, why don't I see double mentioned in the New Testament? And God said, I don't have double in the New Testament. I got abundance in the New Testament. Yeah. Woo! Come on! Good man alive! That'll mess you up! Woo! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am tired of walking and being screwed up. Right? Some of you in this place, you've been walking in the spot of failure long enough. God's saying, double, triple, whatever. Portion, right? I believe this is true. I believe it's true. I believe this is a promise from Him. And it is impossible for my God, our God, to lie. It does say, as many as God's promises in Him, they are yes. Not maybe. Yes. And the amen is spoken to us. Spoken by us to the glory of God. What's amen mean? So be it. Look at this. Look at, look at the coolness of our God. Talking about a Christmas gift. This is Christmas. Let this be a recalibrate in our life. Dude. Go to the next slide, please. Yeah. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How will he not also with us freely give us all things? That's not a double portion, no. I'm sorry. That's a what? That's an abundance. Go to the next slide. Romans 2, 4. The kindness of God leads you to repentance. Y'all, I got thinking about this. Oh, dude, Lord, have mercy on the church of Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us, God. You know, we get too anal and stuff, and God's going, it's just about my goodness. It's just about that. Just get people in God's goodness. That'll take care of the rest. You know, 
Just like if I give Paul, but there is a place to receive that. I could give Paula a gift, but she's got to what? Open it. And receive it and open it. Look at this. Much more those who receive the abundance of his grace. Romans 5, 7, we looked at it. Now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. James chapter, I don't have it up there, but James chapter 4. You have not because you what? Ask not. 1 Timothy 6, 17. But on God, fix your hope on God who richly supplies us all things to what? Enjoy. Y'all, we got a daddy in heaven that just loves to help, loves to give. He just loves to give. And the places in our life that are screwed up, that where maybe there's been defeat in them, that's all, him all the more. What's the New Testament example? How about the prodigal son? Isn't that, isn't that the heart of a father? The father, heart of the father, is that when the son comes back, he wasted the father's inheritance, and the father puts a robe on, his, on him and puts rings on his fingers, and he says, I want to say this just for communication's sake, double portion. The son who was out in the field trying to stuck in religion couldn't understand this. How can you do that? How can you give a double portion? He doesn't lost it. How can you do that? Because he's a good God. I don't understand this. I, I really, at times, my religiosity just gets me. I don't understand it. Let's go to the next slide. How can he do this? I'll tell you how he can do this because of the greatness of the cross. The greatness of the cross. Get this Isaiah 53 5. I love this one. He was pierced through for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. What does that mean? You know what? That means the whippings for the things you did wrong, he took. You don't have to do penance. For, you know, maybe, maybe the woman in here had an, had an abortion. God says, you don't have to punish yourself anymore. No punishment. That's enough. I carried it for you. You don't, the same person, we don't have to have this, I mean the same thing don't have to be carried twice, okay? I did it. I carried it for you. You don't have to punish yourself anymore. You know how that, you know, that torment where you, you know, think about what you did and it kind of just shakes you and it just sits like a, a hot coal in your gut and burns in you. God says, no, 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 no. I carried it. I carried it. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. By his scourging, we are healed. By his scourging, we are healed. That's, that's a, a real controversial statement, both physically, but it also has to do, I know without a shadow, but it has to do with, with our failures in our heart. You read First Peter chapter 1, verse 24, 21 through 25, and it's in relationship to people wrong you when, and hurt you and the pain in it, and it mentions this passage of Scripture. For by your stripes you healed. When you get, you get abused and whatever. So he bears our punishment. Notice the next slide in Romans chapter 5 verse 21. Uh, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us. That we might become the what? Righteousness of God. In other words, that's called the great switch. I love it. 
get this picture. Come here, Liam, stand up here. So here's, we'll say, we'll say this cell phone is his sin. <laughs> and here is freedom. This is Jesus. And so what Jesus says, okay, Liam, give me your sin. Now, I give you my righteousness. Well, what does righteousness mean? It means declared right. In other words, everything that's in heaven, you got a right to. I mean, that's, so he gives you every legal right why you could be tormented. And he takes that from you. He takes it. Who knew none of this? And then he gives him, gives Liam everything that he has and is. That is a whole bunch of grace, y'all. That is a whole bunch of grace. Thanks, Liam. That's the great switch. He bore our punishment. He took our sins. And I just want to declare this. Not only did that, y'all, he took our, bore our punishment, took our sins, but guess what? You know, he put it in a tomb. And guess what, y'all? We got a cross up here. You know what? Did y'all know something about this cross? It's empty. It's empty. That's why the evangelicals have an empty cross, because you know what? He ain't there. Not only he's not on the cross, but he ain't in the tomb. Ain't good grammar. Sorry, babe. He took all that mess that ours. He took all the abuse that you had, every sin that you had. He took it on a cross, and it was stinky and smelling. He took it all, and not only that, but he put it in a tomb. He said, okay, let's bury it. And he buried it. You know, the, one of the great monuments of, America, of, of mankind in this world, on this earth, is our landfills, are our landfills. Right? Go down Florida. Go there, you see mountains. Highest points in all of Florida. Right there off Interstate 95, going down there. I go, there's the highest point in Florida, right there. It's our landfill. How would you like to have that be your prestige point about the state? Your highest point in the state is your landfill. Well, that's the highest point in your life is your mistake, your landfill. And God's going, let's just take it all of it. Let's bury it, not where it piles up, but let's just put it in a tomb. And then guess what? In Romans 6, 4, guess what? Therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so as Christ was dead, raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Walk in newness of life. Come out. You know, verse 5 says there, For if we can united with him in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Don't have the slide. Likeness of his resurrection. Guess what, y'all? The power of, for a new life is in you. That's how I can have abundant grace is guess what? He's alive. He's alive. And not only that, is he alive, y'all? He's not like I would probably do after accomplishing such a mighty work. I would have a tendency to go up on the mountain and hide, you know. But you know what? He doesn't do that. Go to the next slide. You know what he did? He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, going, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He stands in the gap for us while the Satan's there to accuse us. And the invitation is, who are we going to agree with? Who are we going to agree with? The accuser? Or the intercessor. Like here, he says, Truly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Greater works than you shall do. Why? Because I go to the Father. I'm here to stand in the gap for you. Agree with me for you. I call out to you. 
receive a double portion. Quote. But not just a double. Go for it all, y'all. Go for it all. Double portion for every mistake. What does that mean to receive it by faith? What does it receive it by faith? How do you see when you think back in the memories of your heart and your mind and you see you see an event that you've done? You know, how do you see that event? Do you see redemption? Or do you see loss? That tells you whether you're in faith about those events or not. Grace is released by what? Faith. What do you have to do with grace? You have to what? Receive it. God's calling us to receive the grace of God regarding the painful and the failing events in your life and receive it by grace. Hold on to the faith you may need to have you endurance for after you've done the will of God, you receive what was promised. Don't throw away your confidence, which has great reward. That's got those past scripture backwards. So what God is wanting you to, say, to receive today says, I want you to hear this, like he said to me. You want to add something to that, what you had the other day? Yeah. And I'll finish that statement up. <laughs> we were um, in intern class and uh, we were talking about this, and this, I mean, this whole thing of double portion just blew me over like a wave. And um, we were talking about the stronghold, and I kept thinking, you know, one thing that we do as believers is um, it's almost like we go and we repent for our sin, and then we just run as fast as we can away from talking about it ever again. And we try to go to that place of finding redemption in another area of our life that we already have victory. And we try to make that the big abundance in our life, right? So, like, finances is a place of shame in my life. And instead, I go over here and I just try to excel in all these other areas. And the place that he said was, no, Leanne, I'm asking you to go back to that stronghold where you made those decisions and accept what I did for that stronghold so that you can see double portion in that area. Oh, you know, I mean, like, I don't have to go to it with shame. I go to it with redemption. I go to it and look at it and go, you have no hold over me. In fact, you know, in one of the places I can t tangibly tell you of a sin that was done to me was that I was in ministry and I was a part of a, a ministry in Atlanta that was just, I mean, full blown. We had like, you know, at one time, seven international sites and like five or eight domestic. I mean, it was, it was just going full tilt. 1,200 people a day and housing people, you know, anywhere from 700, 300 to 700 a day, you know, people that it, we had a rehab, we had all kinds of stuff. We had staff living it and all together. And um, one of the things that ended up happening was the, the leader um, fell into some really difficult times and started making horrible choices. And I was one of the people that actually had to go um, behind the scenes and confront him and his wife. And um, years later, the whole ministry imploded and um, was shut down. And in that process, I was cursed. I was told that I would never be successful, that um, death would come to me that I had screwed up majorly, I'd done th wrong things to leaders, and a lot of stuff was um, done to me. Well, years later, I'm out running, and I go, God, I feel like every time I'm trying to get 
forward, something just yanks me back. Every time I try to go and I try to accomplish something, it gets pulled back. And he called out the name of the leader of this ministry. And he said, "Um, you need to go to him. And I was like, he's the last person on earth that I really want to talk to. And I don't think he wants to see me because the last time he he looked at me, he said that even though the Bible said it, he would never forgive me. And I was like, he doesn't really want to see me, Lord. Anyway, I called him. I met with him. And, um, and I was able to look at him and bless him and told him that he was a spiritual father in my life. And I was grateful for what he had sown um, and what he had done. And that I forgave him for what he knew not that he was doing to me. And that, um, that I wanted him to, for life to go well with him. Now, we both cried. I, we don't have relationship to this day. But I will tell you that there's very few of us that left that ministry that are thriving in who God has called us to be. And I happen to be one of them. And I believe it's because I went back to my stronghold. And I released forgiveness. And I received the double portion. So this thing is amazing. Amen. You know, you don't know if you know this or not, but you're my portion. Um, One of the biggest failures in my life was leaving Blacksburg and Radford in the point of of, uh, failure, premature. And the interesting thing that you know, God gives me a chance to come back and says, okay, double portion. That's why being here is so important to me. How many times I run from it like a scalded dog because the weight of it sometimes can be crazy, but, but it's crazy. You and being brothers and sisters to me is that. Well, here's what God's telling us to do this morning. Tulio, can we pass these out? What I'm asking you to do, if you want to participate in this, it's voluntary. Here, Liam, help pass these out. Mitch, Joe, or however. What I'm asking you to do is take a pencil and a piece of paper. We're going to do two things. One is, first thing is I want to ask you to do is what I like, what I have done. What are the strongholds? I'm just going to call it, what are the points in time in your life that had loss because of the effects in your life or somebody wronging you? Now I want to call back to, to something there. First off, the past scripture that is said in Zechariah return to the stronghold, go to that spot. That's what I'm asking you to do in prayer. To go to that spot and go, okay, Lord, I choose this day to receive by faith the redemption of God and grace of God in this place in my life. I claim an abundance portion in this area in your life. And so what I've done is I've written mine down. And so, you know, I've written them here. And... You can't see mine, sorry. These are mine. It's going to be my blessing. I'm going to write them on, and what I'm going to ask you to do is to come up 
and put it on the cross. And we're not going to collect these and read them, okay? And I'm going to ask you in a second here, I'm going to ask the worship team if they would, aim, at least aim, would come back. Where's Aim? Same, Amy. And Grant. Amy's getting married, y'all. Ain't that cool? Yeah. We'll claim Grant as her double portion, right? And what I'm going to ask you to do is just what I did with mine. And then we're going to pray. We'll pray over this. And then what we're going to do is we're going to take the Lord's Supper. And we're going to proclaim his death, his burial, and resurrection together. So, uh, so if you would, just write those. And Amy's going to play. And just feel free as you, as, uh, you get through to come on up and, and uh, just put it on the cross. Now, you know, I said we could make it easier and say, but now there's this place of you making a choice to leave your seat and go, okay, this is it. This is it. That gap between where you're at and this, and this cross is the gap that's been haunting you. And we're going to speak. It's going to be filled with, with concrete, with the grace and the mercy of God. Guys, I just wanted to share real quick. I can't help but look at this and just see... Uh, just really see that this is, you know, he says that he was pierced for our transgressions. Guys, this is our transgressions on Jesus. This is a literal, pictural representation of what Christ literally took on for every single one of us. Literally, the things that we did, the ways that we blew it, like him really just taking that piercing for us. It's a beautiful thing to know that he, he receives that, that he did it in joy, that it was for the joy set before him that he did it, seeing us. Knowing that the night before that he cried out to his father, please God, if there's any other way, please make a way. But yet it was still for the joy that was set before him. It was the joy in being able to take the very things that were going to pierce him from us and take it upon himself so that we could be free from that. It was the very pain that we knew, that, that we deserved to receive, that he knew he was going to get to take and bear for us so that we could be free for it. So thank you, Jesus. for that. Yeah, thanks, Joe. You know, here's the cool thing, y'all. Joe said he took those stripes, and he did. But here's the cool thing, y'all. You know what? When you see him in heaven right now, you don't see the stripes. He's resurrected. John didn't, John saw not somebody the snot beat out of him. He saw a resurrected Lord. So much, so powerful, so awesome, so full of glory. So, you know, we're going to take communion. Tulio, can, how can we... Yeah, the guys are doing. Well, y'all, I ain't in this morning. Sorry, I'm all full of good grammar this morning. But I'm, it ain't right. 
you know, I know there's a reverence in taking communion. But y'all, I'm going to say this, y'all. I'm believing for that everlasting joy right now. As I see these pieces of paper up here, I'm I'm believing, I'm seeing, I see, yeah, there's, there's, there's mistakes. But you know what I see now? What I want to believe I see, especially in one I put in here somewhere, I see double portions in that. I see double portions. That's, that's worth shouting about. And when we take this communion, yeah, that's worth saying this is going to mess us up in the Holy Ghost. Right, Karen? Let me have some. We were praying and before the service, and I know, I just think the world is the imitations of God. You know, when you go, you go into a bar, that's just all imitations of what God has. You know, we were saying, you know, you hear, you hear people talking about shaken but not stirred or whatever in that relationship to something. Well, I say shaken and stirred. <laughs> Cheers, right? <laughs> and it is cheers, y'all. This blood was, was, this cup represents the, the blood of Jesus. We're, we're going to wait to take it, but, but to do it together. But, y'all, this was given to set us free from our sins. Right, Will? No more. No more, man. Will ain't sitting there as a, a former drug addict. Will's a sophisticated businessman. Ain't that right, Will? I'm a double portion. I look at Greg back there. I see Greg. What were you on, Greg? What were you? A crack? You were you a crack? Crack? You were? He ain't no more. A bunch of double portions running out of Greg and Sandy. Yeah, Jesus. So when you celebrate Christmas this year, it's a new year, Lord, y'all. New Year. We just can't wait to see the unpacking of the gifts that God's going to open up in all of our lives. How about that? We're going to receive by faith. I'll never forget one time. We were, I was doing this conference in uh, Florida. We're doing it we, every, every, every Thursday night in these conferences. We always took the Lord's Supper together. I remember there was this crazy dude that came to Dwelling Place for a long time, a guy named David Hughes. Y'all remember David Hughes? David Hughes was sitting in the back. I'd preached, and he just was so messed up that night. And we were trying to be serious and taking this communion. And all of a sudden, Dave's back there in the back. And I'll be honest with you, all we could do is rejoice and shout for the communion. I'm going, boy, this is one of the funnest communions I ever took. And I just believe in today that when we take this, the reality of, of his grace for us, be birthed into our hearts. You know, uh, we're going to take this, and I don't want to speak this in a way, you see what I'm saying? I've watched Paul in the last three weeks with our grandkids. Shay and Leela have been making a movie down in, Augusta, Georgia, so Paula and I have been, mainly Paula, 
has been taking care of Max and Francis for the last three weeks. And, uh, but I've watched her, just all the things that she's done for him these last three weeks. You know, just give until she driving back and forth between here and Charlotte and stuff like that. And you know, one thing I have not heard out of Paula's mouth, you know, this place where, you know, telling Max or Francis, don't you know what I've done for you? She has not said that once. But you know what she's done, what she gets the light out of? Is seeing Max and Francis and Shay and Leela just enjoy her sacrifice. That's what I believe our Heavenly Father does and Jesus does in relationship to what we're about to take. His body and his blood, it was broken for us. I just want to make sure everybody has a, the both because we, we, we were short on some bread. So, And I also encourage you, uh, if, if you don't feel comfortable taking communion, don't, don't feel pressured. Uh, nobody's going to look around. So... so. So let's just pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this. Your body, this bread that was to symbolize this, Lord, your body broken for us. And Lord, this cup, which symbolizes, Lord, your blood, which was poured out for us for the forgiveness of our sins. So, Lord, it's because of your body broken and your blood poured out and shed for us, Lord, that we can go free. But, Lord, not just go free to walk aimlessly, but, Lord, to walk in and step into the very destinies that you have for us. Lord, your word says they overcome, we overcome Satan because the blood of your lamb, the blood of the lamb. Lord, we declare as we take this, it's, it's because it's an overcoming statement into the spiritual realm. Lord, of the double portions, the portions of heaven to be released into our lives. Lord, I call forth the tangible revelations of the things that we prayed about today that brothers and sisters are to declare in their hearts. The tangible revelations of those things to be released into our lives. Broken relationships, addictions, the results of addictions, financial mis miscalculations and mess-ups. Lord, we speak the revelations and the resources of heaven to be released into every area of our lives. So, Lord, we take this communion, this time to do in remembrance of you, Lord, to declare your death and resurrection into our life in the name of Jesus. Let's take it. Feel free. Take them both at the same time. Amen. Just want to encourage you. Um, just even a word that was came forth. You know, sometimes when you, you remember the, to go back to the stronghold, to go back to the things that you wrote on this is it's for for what was shared. You got to remember it's really for the God to write over that a double portion. That's you got to receive that in relationship to not only the the sorrow of maybe the ag, but the fact that the joy that gets to come forth in the double portion. So I just encourage you, receive that joy, just like we received communion just now. We received uh, what Jesus did on the cross. And, and I just pray that, that you would just receive it. 
You know, some of us still are in that mode of, God, are, are you sure, God? Are you, are you, are you sure? Well, I, I mean, if you just go back to the prodigal son, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, none of that made sense. But the prodigal son received what the Lord had, what the Father was giving him, the robe and the ring. There was, there was a moment where he was struggling to be, now I'll just be a slave. And that's not what God's calling us to be in this place. No longer slaves to these you know, to the things that are on the paper, but free to be sons and daughters. And so I just encourage you, receive that this morning. Receive that. Okay. So, yeah, just, I want the prayer teams to come up. Yeah, we're going to just, uh, as we close out this morning, can we just stand for a second? just want to pray. Maybe you've been in that place where, Man, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Rick, but I, I just can't quite make the jump. I can't get that bridge going. I can't, can't get over that bridge. And I just want to encourage you. There's prayer teams here this morning that will help you do that. That will help you make that jump. That will help you make that transition between the paper and the double portion. And, and, and the things of the past and the things of the present. of God, What God wants to take you forward in. And maybe that's just receiving salvation this morning. And I just encourage you this morning, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, it's a great Christmas gift. He gave that to you. Receive that gift today. Receive that gift this morning. Unwrap that gift. Make sure you've done that gift well. And I just encourage you in that. But if, if not, maybe that's, maybe it's a gift of just forgiveness Maybe there's a gift you need to come help, allow these men and women to stand alongside you and really receive that and open that gift of forgiveness that God has given you and redemption that God has given you. Um, I felt a shortness of breath. If anybody has that, shortness of breath or pain in your chest and breathing in. You can't breathe in enough air. Can you just, I'll pray with you. Amen. So, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you. And I just encourage you, come on up. As, even as I'm praying, don't, don't hesitate. The, just, the, these prayer teams are here to pray right now. And so, Father, right now, God, I pray right now, God, any, anyone in this place that needs to receive just some sort of unwrapping, God, just maybe some help unwrapping something this morning, whether it's salvation, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's redemption, whether it's just making that jump to the double, really believing for the double portion, maybe being able to go back to those strongholds in faith and not going back with them in regret and doubt. But God, thank you that, God, you are faithful to just bring double portion, God. We ask for that, Lord. We receive it this morning. I don't know. Do y'all receive it this morning? I just encourage you, receive it this morning by faith. Nothing, not, not that, Lord, it's not about what we deserve or what we should or shouldn't get or whatever. It, it is by the grace of God who got, not only gave up his son, why wouldn't he give us all freely all things? So, Lord, I just declare that over us this morning. And, God, as we close and as we thank you for, God, this Christmas season, we thank you for, uh, Lord, God, what you did coming as a, that, that humble child laying in a manger. Thank you what you did by coming a humble Savior dying on a cross. God, thank you for everything in between. God, and what you've done for us. Lord, we can take joy in that and revelation in that and freedom in that. So, Lord, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So if that was you, the word about the uh, shortness of breath, come get some prayer. If you just need some help unpacking something, come get some help. Otherwise, give somebody a Christmas hug and have a great Christmas.